You're listening to a podcast by the Center for Action and Contemplation. To learn more, visit cac.org. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel is written to us by John. Glory to you, Lord. John the Baptist saw Jesus coming toward him, and he said, Behold the Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world. He is the one of whom I said, one is coming after me who ranks ahead of me. He existed before me. I did not know him, but the reason why I came baptizing with water was that he might be made known to Israel. John testified further, saying, I saw the spirit come down like a dove from heaven and remain upon him. I did not know him, but the one who sent me to baptize with water told me, on whomever you see the Spirit come down and remain, he is the one who will baptize with the Holy Spirit. Now I have seen and I testify that he is the Son of God. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Much of the wisdom of Scripture is found not by just reading what I just read, but by reading between the lines. What are they really saying? And this might seem like an unimportant point to some of you, but I want to point out something that's actually clear in all three readings, but we largely pass over. Let me say it at the beginning and then we'll try to illustrate it. I am convinced that God is saving history. God is saving humanity. God is saving the whole, not the parts. And one of our greatest misinterpretations of the Bible is we made it just God is saving you and you and you and you apart from me and her and him. That can't be salvation. And what gives it away in this first reading especially, notice there's no reference to any individual. Every proclamation is to the collective. I brought Jacob. Jacob is one of the tribes. I gathered Israel to myself. Israel is the whole nation. To raise up all the tribes of Jacob and restore the survivors of Israel, that my salvation may reach to the very ends of the earth. This is the first outpouring of the notion of what became universalism. The understanding that God's message was the whole, history, society, humanity, that all of you are saved not because you are worthy. You're saved because you're connected to part of the whole. You're a human being. You're a creature of God. We came forth from God For our short time here on this earth, 
we exemplify the mystery of God and then everything is taken back into God despite its worthiness or unworthiness. And the giveaway of that is given in the gospel. But again, if you don't read gently or between the lines, you won't see it. First, this phrase that probably we hardly hear anymore because we say it every time we receive communion, behold the Lamb of God. Now that's not what history expected. What we expected was a Lion of God, an all-powerful, almighty, omnipotent God who fixed everything and solved all the problems. The Lamb of God is one who is vulnerable and weak and powerless before the directions that history takes and absorbs them, our word for that is forgives them. The Lamb of God who forgives the sin, check it out so you know I'm not making it up, <clears throat> it isn't sins, it's singular. The sin of the world, just as salvation is one historical idea, although hardly any of you, I'd be willing to bet, have ever been taught that, so is evil. Evil is something you and I all carry a part of it. We're all complicit. We're all cooperative in the stupidity and evil and darkness of human history. No one can stand up and say, I didn't do anything. Yes, you did. As Paul says so clear in Romans, all have sinned. And we're wasting our time trying to prove that you're more worthy than she is and he's more worthy than he is. Stop it. Just forget it. Forget it. All it does is make you egocentric. And I think Christianity itself will not be reformed till its, its basic proclamation is one given to the whole, to society, that we are bearing the weight of glory, as Paul puts it, as a collective. You are too tiny, I'm too tiny to be Christ. I have one little virtue or maybe two, you have one little virtue or maybe two that should, could, should keep you from getting too proud. And another phrase of Paul, we all bear the burden of sin. None of you are perfect or ever will be, ever. So get over it. Stop trying to be better than the person sitting next to you. All it creates is very egocentric people. When we know that the collective carries the mystery, the body of Christ is the word Paul gave to this collective. So why do we come to communion each Sunday? To reconnect ourselves to the collective. We call it, rightly, going to communion. And there, is, if you're not feeling a thousand pounds being taken off your back, you're not listening. 
If this isn't good news, you don't know what good news is. Because now the important thing is not to be so correct or so correctable. Private guilt does not lead up to collective responsibility. It just makes people walk around feeling bad about themselves. And private enlightenment does not lead to universal responsibility. We just see all these privately saved people and they still seem to be racist and materialistic and collect collective haters of this or that. We've got to carry the whole. And that's why our central sacrament here is communion. To keep reminding you that you are the body of Christ, you are the whole, the message from the beginning was given to Israel, not to Joe Smith, not to Susanna Brown. (laughs) Show me where. And it's been constantly overlooked that God's word is not addressed to the private individual, but to the collectives of history. And there we carry it as a people. So the more important thing than to be correct is to be in communion. The more important thing than to be correct is to be collected into one.